Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. A really great thing about this uh, radio show is that I get to speak to a lot of cool people, and I really just kind of spend my life um, sort of unofficially looking for radio guests because, thankfully, I come across, there's just a lot of interesting people in the world, and um, some of them have been written about and you know publicized, and many of them um, have not. And I think, uh, well, that's just like a lot of people in the world at large, like billions, but in the Orthodox community, um, unfortunately, it's really only the bad people generally that get publicized and written about. Um, and all the people that are doing interesting things and out of the box things and exceptionally kind things just sort of go unnoticed and um, you know aren't really known beyond their maybe circle of, of friends or their family. Um, and so it's exciting to get a chance to um, introduce our listeners and ultimately our readers at JewInTheCity.com to all the cool people out there in the Orthodox community that are doing things that may be unusual or atypical. Um, and I hope really that the hope for this is to make the box bigger about what could be acceptable, what someone in the community might um, sort of see possible for themselves if they see something out, you know, out of sort of their um, Daladamos, their sort of small box of people around them that they might know that this is a way to have a hobby or an interest that is maybe not so typical, but it could still be possible within Judaism. Um, and then also to show people outside of the observant world, um, what people inside the observant world are doing. Um, because if you're already doing something interesting or out of the box, but don't think that that's possible within the Torah framework, um, it's so important to understand that so much of it is. Not, there's a limit on what we can do, but um, there's so much that we can do. Um, and with that intro, um, this is a perfect um, way to introduce my guest today, Eliza Hiller, um, who is an Orthodox woman who plays ice ho hockey. Um, and I don't think I've ever heard or met someone that did that before. So um, Eliza, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So from what I understand, you are sort of a lifelong um, sports enthusiast athlete of, of different types. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, I started playing softball, actually probably basketball in my driveway and softball in Yavna Youth League as a kid. Um, and then I got to play basketball in middle school and hockey in high school and softball as well and basketball in high school. Um, but yeah, I've always loved sports. It's been a big part of my life. That's for sure. And so where did you grow up? What was your Jewish background growing up? I grew up in a modern Orthodox family um, in Fairlawn. Uh, we went to uh, Shomri Torah. We went to Yavne Academy um, for elementary school, Mayanot for high school. Um, I went to Israel for a year and Queens College for college. Sounds like a, I've heard that sort of uh, pattern of <laughs> schools and uh, things before. Is there sometimes some slight variations, but that sounds like a, a common path that people have taken. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is that I was not raised observant. And my father definitely wanted my two sisters and me to do sports. I mean, I think he wanted sons instead, but then he got three daughters and he wanted us to do sports, but none of us were particularly good or interested. And I had friends that were athletes, but um, it was never really something that um, I did, despite the fact that, I mean, there really were many athletic kids in my schools. Kids got, you know, scholarships to college from sports. So it's not like it wasn't available. It just wasn't really something that I ever connected with. However, I do have a daughter who likes sports. And unfortunately, I have not been so good about uh, sort of guiding her in that way. So this is a little bit of a tikkun for that. So 
what sort of messaging um, did you get sort of growing up in, you know, a modern Orthodox household about, I guess, girls in sports was there? Was it always readily available? Did you feel like you ever had to sort of fight to do anything or sort of what, how did you even know that, you know, you were interested in sports? Oh, well, I grew up in a family of four daughters. My dad, I guess, got lucked out that at least two of us love playing sports. Um, and I guess not having brothers or anything, it was kind of just like anyone could play sports. You know, it wasn't like, okay, only the brothers could play and the sisters do other things. But um, my dad was just lucky. He we got to shoot hoops in the driveway and watch the Giants on TV, watch the Knicks. And uh, we spent a lot of time doing that. And I guess from watching that, growing up watching Derek Jeter, um, I just always loved sports. And I never thought, okay, I'm a girl, I can't play, or I'm, you know, I'm not a boy, I shouldn't be playing this. Like, it was just kind of, all right, this is the norm, it's okay. Um, and, and I just grew to love it. And um, now tell me about when and how ice hockey started, because, you know, mentioning soccer, uh, softball and basketball, um, and you had one more, was that just two, or you said a third thing? Uh, basketball, softball, and hockey I played. Okay, fine. All right. So, so you said um, basketball and softball. So I've heard that before. I've seen leagues in schools and, you know, up into high school. Um, the ice hockey is a little bit less common. So like when and how, I mean, f- just for some people, even learning how to skate at all is a little bit of a challenge. So when and how did you get started in ice hockey? Uh, well, as a kid, I always rollerbladed in the street. I had my Barbie rollerblades and <laughs> uh, my Barbie elbow and knee pads. And we, my sisters and I, we all rollerbladed in the street. So I had that skating experience. And then uh, my cousins got hockey sticks probably when I was about in third grade. So we used to just play in the street for fun. And then it wasn't until high school uh, that my note had a hockey club. And I would play around in hockey club. And um, actually the coach of the hockey club, it's a floor hockey club, but um, yeah. the coach of the club uh, said, are you going to try out for the hockey team? And I was like, oh, I'm already on softball, but... I guess I'll try if you're asking me. So I ran to uh, the pay phone. I called my mom and I said, I'm staying in school late. I'm trying out for hockey. And uh, so I played on the Minot floor hockey team. And then once you graduate from Yeshiva floor hockey, there's not really that much opportunity to play floor hockey anymore, especially as a female. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was like, I need something. I need a sport to play. And a friend of mine was actually going to this she told me about an adult hockey clinic where they just do drills and uh, it's a lot of beginners involved. So I actually, she's also an Orthodox female who played ice hockey and we actually went together and I loved it. Um, It was a lot of fun. And little did I know that the cheap equipment I bought would end up breaking before I know it because I played so often. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Wait, so how long have you, so, okay, so you're, when did you start this? You were already out of college. You were an adult. Like when, I I mean, I'm just trying to fit in exercise now to like not be a completely unhealthy person. Um, But for Mm -hmm. someone that like enjoys um, physical exertion and sports, um, like what part of your life did this fit into? Uh, So I went for my year in Israel to Harova and we played a little bit of basketball there, but uh, I ate a lot of pizza and gained like 15 pounds my year in Israel. So uh, when I came back from Israel and in Queens, I mean, you could play on sports teams there, but with Shabbos, it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I need to find something to play competitively. Mm-hmm. And uh, between the clinic that I found and then they had an adult instructional league. So I just found that ice hockey had the best opportunities for me to play. And 
yeah, and here I am today. It's probably been about at least 10 years since then wow. that I've been playing. Yeah. Okay. So you did the clinic and the instructional to learn how to do it. And then how does just like an adult, like, I understand there's like the pros. I understand that people play in school. Where is, let's say one of our listeners right now says, Hey, I played floor hockey and yeshiva league. I want to put throw on a pair of skates and start playing um, competitive ice hockey. How, how do you even go about finding, do you have to try out for the league? Like, what is that? How does that even work? Uh, so if you play f- for co-ed hockey, actually, there's plenty of opportunities. Um, the Ice House has a lot of different divisions. So the Ice House in New Jersey, um, they have from beginner to advanced. So you can play whatever level works for you. And you just you pay to play and you're able to play. Um, the same thing at Floyd Hall Arena in Montclair, which is where I mostly play out of. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a bunch of different divisions depending on your level. Um, and even better for me, I play on a women's team that I've actually been playing for a bunch of years now, um, which I love. Um, and that is from October to March. Um, and anyone can really play on it as long as we have openings on the team. Uh, you pay to play and it's also there's like two different levels of play and you would just go to the team that works for you. Um, and it's great. I, the problem with that team was that when I first started, they also like had no idea what it means to be an Orthodox Jew. And um, a lot of the games, all the games are on weekends, but mm-hmm. a lot of the games were on Saturday during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely after the first year of me playing, they were pretty amazing about it. I had teammates keeping Shabbos with me. I would stay in a hotel nearby wow. and then just make it to the game Saturday night right on time. Um, wow. Wait, Jewish, Jewish like, teammates keeping Shabbos with you? My teammates would stay with me at a hotel while wow. I kept Shabbos because we had a game right after Shabbos or something. Amazing. Um, they would be pretty awesome about it. They all love Chala. Um, yeah. And, uh, and they started scheduling games on Saturday nights for me and Sundays for me. And they really try to avoid Saturday gate during the day games, which is really awesome. So, so, and so, so this is not like a traveling, um, sort of competitive league. It's just kind of always in the same place. Um, and you pay to play that sort of a thing. Like that's kind of the, the nature of the setup. Uh, the women's team is actually, we do travel to Pennsylvania. We have some games in Connecticut, um, some games in South Jersey. So we do travel a little bit. We're actually the furthest away from the rest of the teams. There's a lot of women's teams in Pennsylvania hmm. um, that we play against. One one team is in Delaware. Um, so we do travel. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The road trips are fun with everybody. So, I they're now pack even, my own food. so they're now even needing to change the schedule around for travel games, meaning like that your people now have to reach out to people in other locations and say, Hey, Saturday during the day doesn't work. We need to do it this, this and this time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've been really good about it. Yeah. That's really, and by the way, just for people listening, I think, um, the important like take home or one of the important take home messages here is that even if it hasn't been done before in this industry, you can be the first person to do it. You can kind of open up something new. You can bring awareness to people that you have these needs. And a lot of times different um, companies or organizations are willing to accommodate it. What about, um, what about breaking down stereotypes about Orthodox Jews? Do you think anyone that you play with or play against? I mean, obviously the people that you're playing with and are eating your challah um, know that you're observant. Did anyone ever express to you that they were surprised that an Orthodox woman would be an ice hockey player? Uh, I guess there have been a little bit of element of surprise to some people. I, it, it hasn't come off to me that anyone has 
any stereotypes from before, but they're just kind of, a lot of them have been like, well, can't you speak to religion about just playing this one game or something? And, um, I'm like, no problem. I'll go talk to my religion and see what happens. Um, you know, especially like when it comes to playoffs, cause a lot of times that's still on, it's, they've been trying to work on it, but that's still been on Saturday. So they, mm-hmm. they still, you know, they're, I think they're impressed that I stick with it, you know, and, and I've spoken to them about it as hard as it is to to miss important games. You know, this is always first and foremost for me. Um, but they've been, they've been pretty good about it. They've been like, Oh, I want to see you do Havdala this time. Like, <laughs> you know, or all these things. So I've had games where, you know, Shabbos is about to end and they're already playing their game and, and they're like calling time out on the, on the bench just to, to buy me some time. So Hmm. They've definitely, if there was any stereotype, they kind of just like learned that this is how it is. And um, they've been pretty awesome about it. They actually all recently came to my wedding and got to see what a Jewish wedding is like. And they're all very uh, excited about that. Very different than what they're used to. And is the team all non-Jewish or it's a mix of non-religious Jews and non-Jews or? Um, There's, I think, one other Jewish person on my team. She's not religious, but... um, I'm the only Orthodox Jew. Everybody else is not Jewish. Yeah. And um, what do you, I mean, it seems like, like we said, you did sort of the typical um, softball, basketball things that yeshiva leagues offer. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for young observant women out there that want to kind of go beyond sort of the typical offerings about kind of how to expand beyond what might be in school or what might be typical in their community? Yeah, I mean, definitely research. I mean, there's Google is amazing. There's so many things out there that we don't even know about and we don't even think to look up. And if there's something that you love, there's probably a chance for you to play it. It might be starting out just in your own driveway with your siblings or your parents, but um can never hurt to look it up or get a group of people going and get it started for sure. Did you ever feel like timid about um, approaching the, you know, the powers that be um, in, in these, in this league about, Hey, so I've got this thing. It's called Shabbos. Like I think for anyone that gets a new job or even, you know, I interviewed um, Mayan Bialik um, who I spent years learning with about, how she approached her bosses in Hollywood who were all Jewish about, you know, sort of getting time off for Yom Tif, that sort of thing. Did, did you have any um, sort of doubt or um, nervousness to broach the subject? Yeah, uh, there's definitely been times where it's been challenging, like especially playoffs that I mentioned. Um, there's been, I've probably been playing in the league, I think for about seven years in the women's league. And I think I've played in two playoff games in those years and, mm-hmm. The rest of them were all on Shabbos, and um, and I finally just wrote an email, and I was very nervous about how to write this email because you don't want to come across as like an entitled Jew, and sure. I deserve this because you know I I just basically wrote it how like I'm really passionate about it. I stayed in hotels to be able to make games, and it's really rough to put all that effort in during the season and not be able to play in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. and and just you know you have to phrase it in a in a nice way to not come off as entitled but still just make them understand and that was a little bit scary a little bit nervous about it I made sure my captain who's not Jewish I was like does this come off wrong I checked with her first and she said it was good so yeah I was definitely nervous about that um and what do you have any thoughts about um and I don't know like if you've considered this before but sort of 
like sort of how the Jewish side of you and the sports side of you meet? Like, meaning, do you see sort of like, I guess, an integration of sports or being athletic or active as sort of part of your, um, I don't know, like part of your service of God or sort of part of um, like how an observant Jew should conduct themselves in the world in terms of healthiness or anything like that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I actually, both as a coach and a player, um, see a lot of connection between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, as a player, I love the responsibility of representing Jewish people and just making sure that I represent everyone in a positive way, uh, making sure that I'm respectful of my teammates and the refs and other teams and so on, like really going above and beyond just because I do know people do have negative opinions about Jews and I definitely don't want to be the reason for that. So um, you never know who's around you and you got to make sure you are um, making a good name for us. Um, and as a coach, uh, I, I coach the girls middle school hockey team at Yavna Academy. And I try to teach me do um, through, through coaching sports. I think it's a really powerful method. I think it's a really good way to reach kids and, you know, I hope to combine the sport that they love with, with the religion that we all love and, and try to make them uh, intertwined and a good way to learn one and the other. Okay. Got it. So you took, so I knew that you were involved in different types of, um, of sports. So you're, you're coaching um, the floor hockey. So that's something else that I've been curious about. I know they did like a couple of articles in the New York times and some other publications. What is with this yeshiva floor hockey <laughs> league phenomenon? Like when did this start? Why did this start? Will will the yeshivas ever get on ice and maybe make this more mainstream? Uh well, floor hockey has been around for a very long time. I think my dad played back in MTA. Um, so especially for the men, floor hockey has been around for a very long time. Um, the girls' high school floor hockey started, I believe, in 2002 or 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and then middle school girls' floor hockey started in 2008. Um, so the boys definitely started a while back, and the girls followed suit, and it's been awesome. It's been really, really growing. Um, and actually, ice hockey is starting out in the yeshiva system. Um, I know the boys' schools, the high schools are doing a lot of it. TABC, I know, has. Frisch has very much involved in, with the public schools as well. Um, so I think SAR. I think a bunch of schools are definitely getting that going. And actually, recently, um, there's there's been a push for girls' ice hockey to happen. Um, I do have, uh, before I got married, one of my neighbors uh, is a family of three girls. And their father is very, very into hockey. And they used to always build an ice rink in their backyard. I would go across wow. the street, skate around with them. Um, and they all play ice hockey as well. So they're also an Orthodox family with girls playing ice hockey. And um, and they have a daughter in Frisch who, uh, who's starting trying to start up an ice hockey group. Hmm. And I think last year it was just a mix of any high school girls that want to play. And I think they had a nice turnout. And hopefully we could, they could get more people and, and keep it going. And this is how these things start. So, yeah, definitely impressive. And this is, I mean, the truth is that, like, before today, I only had heard of one woman playing ice hockey as Orthodox. And now, after today's conversation, I know of a handful of them. Is there anything that, um, have there any sports that, like, people haven't done yet in the Orthodox world? Do you think that, like, someone needs to get started in? Like, or is there any, do you have any things that, um, you know, you would, kind of take on or any sort of dreams on the side that you sort of thought to explore that hasn't been something that's been part of your sports repertoire up until now? Uh, well, aside from always wanting to try curling, which I still haven't found an opportunity to, um, 
I'd say, I mean, I think it's interesting that in the yeshiva world and the Jewish world, we haven't done any field hockey, which I know is very big in the public schools nearby. Lacrosse hasn't been very popular, although I've seen um, a Jewish lacrosse hockey club for boys recently, I think. I don't know if it's still happening. Um, but I would say lacrosse and field hockey are probably two sports that are pretty popular in the public schools that have not uh, come to our uh, our world yet. <laughs> um, that would be pretty cool to have. Although I'm pretty obsessed with ice hockey right now, so I'm pretty content myself, but for others, it would be cool. Do you think that there is a fear of like violence? Because I see like in the, like the sort of Jewish leagues are like flag football, but not like, you know, the tackle football. And, you know, I guess I think when I think of um, ice hockey, I'm not sure if it gets violent for the women. It seems like the men's stuff gets violent. I think lacrosse gets violent. Is, do you think any fear uh, is about sort of, um, connected to a sort of fear of violence or it's just nobody's done it yet? Um, I think that played the right way. None of those sports are very violent. I know the hockey, ice hockey I play in, there's no checking. So it's not like what you would see on TV with the, in the NHL and stuff. Um, so it's not really too violent. I mean, more accidents happen on the ice, I'd say, but um, lacrosse, I guess with the sw- the stick swinging around, as long as you do it properly and you're taught properly, um, it's not really too violent. I know there's men's uh, professional lacrosse. They play with like stick checking and hitting the stick, but there's definitely modified rules you could play mm-hmm. um, that that wouldn't make it too violent. I think it's a lot. It's just it's just new um, to our world. I think that you look back at, at the sports that have been around the Jewish world for a while, and lacrosse and field hockey are definitely not uh, one of those. So. You know, it takes one person to get it started, and who knows when that would be, but I could see it happening sometime. <laughs> Do you think, and this is I'm this sort of on my mind now, we have um, one of our honorees this year. We have our Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards that we do every year. We're gearing up for uh, a big event on December 2nd in Lincoln Center, um, God willing. And I'm going through footage now of some of our All-Stars, and we actually have two Orthodox Olympians, which is super cool. Um, and mm-hmm. one of our um, All-Stars is A.J. Edelman, who was a ice hockey player up in uh, Maimonides in Boston. And then he decided to do skeleton, sort of a one man, um, oh, what's it called when they go in the, um, what is it called? The bobsled. There we go. Mm-hmm. Bad to lose a word on, on radio. Um, <laughs> he said that when he graduated from high school, his coach said that he was talented enough to sort of take something athletic professional, but you know, that's very unusual in Jewish schools. And he said that didn't seem right. He said, it's not like we're aliens or something with some different like sort of genetic makeup. Um, Maybe we're just not giving kids the message um, early on enough that sports could be an option or even sort of like a professional option. So do you think that that's changed? Do you think that kids are getting the message um, in today's day that, um, that sports could be a career or do you think it's still, we're just more of an academic people and nobody gives enough weight to that sports is always just a hobby. I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I still think that it is pretty tough to make sports a career. I think that when people make it, it is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen recently people doing it in dance, you know, being able to to be on uh, shows and stuff like that through with dance teams and all that, so so that's pretty cool. Um, with teams, it's tough just because of travel and and um, practice practices and stuff with Shabbos. Um, but 
I could, my neighbor that I mentioned before, I could see them possibly playing uh, professionally. Woman, there's a women's professional hockey league now. I could kind of see that happening as long as I think that you have to develop your skills almost to even higher level than anyone else because you have to have people notice you enough to them for them to be okay with you missing games or missing practices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it can be done. Uh, it just takes a little extra push, a little extra effort. And do you have any advice for parents of young kids about, you know, I mean, obviously I miss this for my daughter. Well, one daughter didn't want it. One daughter, I missed the boat. So, you know, we're, we're trying to uh, remedy that now later in life. Um, how does a parent when they have like, what age should a parent give a ball to a kid or try to start developing something? Like, how do you know if the kid is any good or how do you help them get better? Sort of any final thoughts on, um, one of the right ages and sort of what techniques a parent might be able to do to get a kid excited about sports. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say definitely a kid needs to, to want to do it, to, to be involved in it and definitely exposed to as many different sports as possible at a young age. I think it's important that um, kids are finding what they love because exercise is something that's important for a lifetime and you don't want them to just get sick of any one thing or start to really hate it because they're being forced into something. Um, but definitely exposed to as many different things is great. Um, but, you know, and there's so many leagues around, but also just playing in your driveway and playing in, you know, in your house if parents let you play in the living room or something. Um, but just just being able to be exposed and playing for fun and, you know, enjoying either your neighbors or, your siblings, just really having a good time with that, I think is a good foundation. Um, and yeah, you're never too young to, to start putting a ball in their hand and seeing what happens. The throw might go anywhere, but you're never too young for it. And as I'm trying to tell my daughter, you're also never too old. I'm hoping that you will remember That's that true. as well, since we, we didn't get her started as young. Um, well, thank you so much for um, sharing um, not only your story, but um this advice about, you know, always making a kid a Shashem. And I hope that people listening today, even if uh, ice hockey isn't, you know, uh, the thing that they're dreaming of, that sort of this framework and um, your example will help them open up new avenues that may not have been available before. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for your time. And when I am not recording radio shows here, I and my team are busy putting together the sixth annual Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards. If you haven't heard about this before, listen up right now. Every year, nearly, we skipped a year last year. Okay, whatever. We had a lot of organizational growth to do. We have been doing this amazing event in Manhattan. We take 10 Orthodox Jews who are at the tops of their fields professionally And we make an evening to celebrate Kiddush Hashem. We make an evening to celebrate their hard work, their talent, their conviction. Um, We make an evening where we dress up and we eat amazing food. Um, We are having food, once again, catered by uh, Josh Masson, the executive chef of Nobo. Um, We have our event. uh, The show is being produced by former all-star Disney director Saul Blinkoff. He does an amazing show. Um, We have nearly all of the all-stars will be in attendance, God willing. Um, And it's a really incredible night. It starts off first with a VIP pre-party. 
Um, and that moves into the show, which um, is both, uh, it's moving, it's funny. Um, it is a combination of the All-Stars uh, premiere videos, which we'll put out that evening, as well as um, giving each one an award. Um, it's really quite inspiring. Um, we have Shulam Lemmer, God willing, and the Maccabees will be performing that evening. So we're super excited. And that has not been said until now. So that was just uh, first information you heard here if you're still listening. Um, and then after the show is over, we have an after party, a mixer with drinks and, um, you know, uh, hors d'oeuvres and um, really great food. Um, and it will be December 2nd on Link Lincoln Center. And we can't wait to see you there. And you can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.